You are listening to Open Stance Audio, presented by Cliff Drysdale Tennis. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Open Stance Audio, the daily tennis podcast recapping day five of the U.S. Open and previewing day six. And the major stories just finished. Um, there were two incredible men's matches that finished one minute apart as I record this. I was just watching both of them. Um, Rafael Nadal played Karen Hatchinoff, and Kevin Anderson played Denis Shapovalov. Obviously, Nadal and Anderson are last year's finalists at the U.S. Open. And then Hatchinoff and Shapovalov are kind of rising next-gen stars, both ranked virtually the same, 27-28. So this is very much a battle of kind of top players um, against rising, rising stars. And they were two incredible matches in very, 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 very different ways. Um, you know, starting with Nadal, he certainly wasn't playing his best. Um, and I think that's because uh, Hatchinoff just was willing to grind with him, which I don't think Rafa was really expecting. So many long rallies. The match took four hours and 20 minutes, um, which over four sets, which is absolutely ridiculous. And I, the first thing I have there is like, right, we, we this new shot clock rule to hopefully speed up play, but then they play four sets. Granted, all of them went to at least 7-5, but you know the sets are taking over an hour <laughs> um and it's because the shot clock is isn't being implemented with all that strict you know they're starting they're starting the clock so late and they're letting they're still letting the crowd and letting the players kind of dictate the pace of play which if they're actually trying to speed up play then i don't think i don't think they're implementing the rules right now if they're just trying to put a realistic barometer so players know when or when they are you know they can see if they're violating the time then i understand that but if they're actually trying to speed up play i don't think they're doing it um and i think it showed in that match you know nadal's taking well over 25 seconds but the clock isn't being started because you know of a because of a long point before and you know the main argument for the shot clock is you know if you have to take less time between points maybe you'll play differently during the points you know <laughs> these guys are playing 20 ball rally with virtually every point um, you know, if you actually have, you know, and I'm not saying every point was a long 30 second break, but many of the points, the clock didn't start for, for seven, eight, 10 seconds. And so then it's really more like 35 seconds, um, between points, um, which, you know, for many people that it's just what I'm saying, if they're trying to implement the shot clock, that being said, um, the quality of the match was, was very good. I mean, and so do you want to take away from that? I don't know. Um, but it, it was uh, hatching off. It felt like the whole match, Hatchinoff should have gone away because of how many chances he missed, but he never went away. Um, and that was probably what was most impressive. Um, Hatchinoff served for the second set, and then he was two points away from the third set, and then he had set point in the fourth set. Um, he had many, 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 many opportunities and, and simply could not convert them. Um, obviously, Nadal, uh, his forehand down the line kind of was the dictating factor in the match, but realistically, at the end of the day, it was fitness. I mean, um, you know, Hatchinoff is a fit guy. You know, there's, I don't think there's a lot of guys who can play four hours 20 with Nadal like that and play those kind of rallies. Um, and he did, but you could tell in the fourth set tie break that he wasn't able to play, you know, like he did in the first three sets um, because you had to stand up bail out of rallies. And the thought of having to win an entire fifth set after that, that mental, that, that is where I've talked about before where the physical side of tennis becomes mental because the idea that you have to play another hour plus set just to win the match um, it discourages you from even wanting to win the fourth set. You know, you're going to suffer even more. 
Um, and, I, and as far as Rafa goes, you know, it was a physical match, but if you've ever watched Rafa at any tournament, any, you know, especially at any Grand Slam, you'll know that this will have no effect on him. Um, he's perennially known as the fittest player in the world and also has never had a problem recovering from any match in his career. So um, it was a great match, um, but Karen could not, could not get across the finish line. And then um, Shapovalov and Anderson, you know, Anderson's been playing so well consistently this year. I was, I'm surprised he has because he's playing a very low percentage style game. Um, he Obviously, his serve is always going to get him through matches, but from the ground, he's just going for it. You know, he, he's not playing. He used to kind of play. Uh, he was aggressive, but he kind of rallied. Um, now he's taking balls, and he always did it off the backhand, but now he's taking the forehand, and he's just absolutely ripping the ball basically as hard as he can at every point. Um, which is pretty low percentage based on how much spin he hits, um, but he's just been kept keeping it going all year, so you have to give him so much credit. Um, the crowd, uh, as I think most people do, they were absolutely loving Denis Shapovalov today. Shapo's just an electrifying um, player. He hit an incredible lob in the fourth set to set up set point. Um, you know, had break points in the fifth set. I think Shapo got really unlucky on one of the break points that he finally got into the point. Um, you know, he hit a ball on the baseline that the line judge sort of late called out and the, the, had to overrule and they had to replay the point. And then Anderson hit a, hit a service winner. I think Dennis was heavy in, in, in charge of that point and probably could have won it and maybe broken serve there, but um, unfortunate on that front. Uh, but again, I think it's great for tennis. Dennis is just great for tennis. Um, you could hear, you could see so many kids wearing the, the backwards hat like he did. And I think his energy and his charisma um, are great for the sport, and um, he plays tennis the right way as well. You know, um, he plays a very flashy style, but he competes hard. He works hard. He um, and he, he has the the energy that I think will will light up crowds for a long time. And then there was a, another great women's match today. It was kind of the one I talked about: Sloane Stevens and Victoria Azarenka. Now the scoreline was only six three, six four, but the level of that match was was one of the best. I, I think the best of the women's side so far. Um, Sloane did get through. Um, played really well. I thought Azarenka was playing probably the best she has in her comeback, but Sloan, again, when when she gets put up against it in a high-level match, I feel like she actually gets more aggressive. Um, that's the best thing that can happen to her because when she plays aggressive, she's just, you know, she possesses so much racketed speed on the forehand side. So, um, And you could see how much it meant to her. Her reaction after the match was, was, was a lot for Sloan, who sometimes can be a little bit muted. Looking ahead at tomorrow, day six, Saturday, um, there is one match that I, I certainly think you should watch, but I'll get to it last. Um, we'll start with the WCA today. Um, a good one that I really have no idea what's going to happen. Maria Sharapova and Yelena Ostapenko face off. Both are playing sort of unclear how their level is. Sharapova won last night, but was hit, like, I think she hit six double faults in one game. Um, and and uh, Ostapenko barely got through her first two rounds in three sets, including almost losing to Taylor Townsend last round. But again, both of those players have won a Grand Slam. Obviously, Sherpa was won five. Uh, and it's one where Ostapenko, I feel like, is a great player to watch because she's just of her personality and she can come up with incredible winners. And then Sharapova, obviously, is just that rock-solid competitor um, and very deliberate. But I think it'll be a, a fun one, maybe, maybe a little drama. And then the other women's match, He's a battle of absolute ball bashers, or maybe even, um, maybe, that's, maybe, maybe that's not even, that's, that doesn't do it justice, but Petra Kvitova and, and Sabalenka, um, you know, Arena Sabalenka, just two huge ball strikers, and uh, a lot of fireworks in that match. 
the thing is when you get in a match like that where both players love to play offense it can sometimes be one-sided so i wouldn't be surprised if that match goes like you know six three six three or six three six two whichever player comes out hotter um typically can get on on gets their rhythm first in, 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 a, in a match of ball strikers it's whoever can get rhythm um, but if it does if it does stay close that one will be one to watch for sure first men's match uh, maybe one you're not looking at but definitely think you should Marin Cilic is playing Alex Deminar and, and the demon as they call him is playing some special tennis he took out Francis Tiafoe in four sets and it wasn't just that he beat Tiafoe who I, I thought was playing well um, it was how it was how he was playing when Alex is hitting his forehand well he is if he hits it that well um, there's no doubt in my mind he'll be a top 10 player one day because his backhand is rock solid. He, his movement is amongst the best on tour. Serve is okay. Um, but when his forehand is that good, um, yeah, he's going to be a lot of trouble. And I think he will give Chillett's trouble in this match. He's going to fight and he's going to grind. He has a great return of serve. He was returning Francis's serve so well. Um, so I think Chillett gets through, but maybe four, maybe five sets. If that goes five, um, Diminar is a, a huge fighter and Chillich has been getting a little tight recently in matches so we'll see what happens there and finally the Showtime match I'm sort of surprisingly day session it's not surprising sometimes during the weekend at the US Open they do put the featured match during the day Roger Federer and Nick Kyrgios every time they've played the match has gone to a final set tie break Kyrgios certainly gets up for these matches um, as does Federer and the style of play from each typically leads to extremely entertaining tennis it's probably my favorite um, matchup on tour uh, maybe just outside of Federer Djokovic but really Federer Kyrgios is, from entertainment value is probably the best um, I think Kyrgios will, will show up and won't, won't do too much of his kind of lollygag tank but you never know um, I think he wants to prove something uh, I think in day conditions I think Kyrgios serve becomes even more dangerous it's not going to be too hot but still day session helps him um, and yeah, the, the crowd will be a huge factor, but I think Kyrgios likes being uh, the underdog and likes being the one who's getting booed. He said that in his press conference, so we'll see what happens there. I just think you should make sure you block out your schedule. I know there's college football, I know there's, it's Labor Day weekend, but if you can get to a TV to watch Roger Federer and Nick Kyrgios, you should absolutely do that because it's, you never know what you might see and you don't want to miss it. So it's one of those matches. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Upstance Audio. I appreciate all the support on the episodes lately. If you have been enjoying, please leave a review on iTunes. It would mean a lot. And other than that, we'll see you tomorrow for day six.